Welcome to SB Pod. Colin Morikawa, Open Champion, will be joining us in a bit. We have an update. Or do we? He told us when he was on with us in the fall, if he won a certain number of tournaments, won enough money, he was going to buy something. He told us it was four wheels. I'm just curious, what is it? Maybe What's it's going a quad. Buy? Pardon me? Maybe it's a quad. Get whatever the hell you want. He won like two seven, I think, last week. Um, I'm going to do some imitations. Probably do the, uh, well, it used to be Ivor Robson, the guy that was the starter. Welcome oh, yeah. to the, you know, on the tee from USA. Zach Johnson. That's that guy. I, I got, I feel like I got more for you. What is it? Oh, I got, I got an air. I got, I want to do, cause he was walking around the airport with mm. the, uh, with the Claret jug. And somebody took a picture of him. Like he was Bigfoot. You know what I mean? Like he was like an action shot of there's that guy. And I realized that what, what I'm going to do, I, I said, I'm going to be a weather guy when I'm done. I think actually what I'm going to do is I'm going to be the voiceover guy for, for airports for the, oh. when you're on the, you ready? Yeah. You ever been to, you ever been to Orlando? Yep. <clears throat> Welcome to the Orlando International Airport. Huh? How about that? I can do them all. Like, give me a, give me a, like, uh, what's another one? Philadelphia. What is it? That, that airport's horrible. Worse. Not doing that one. Welcome to the Orlando International Airport. That's that's what that one. That's that's it. That's all I do. And then I say whatever the copy is. Something about standing still and watch your feet or something. I don't know. I don't think that that's going to be lucrative. No, no. But when I was driving in thinking about thinking about Morikawa in Atlanta, I was thinking about you're now approaching the B gates. Next stop, baggage claim. Everyone's been in Hartsfield, Jackson. You know what I'm talking about. Where do you go when you have to catch the private plane? Yeah, I was going to say uh, it's a different uh, terminal entirely. Oh, it's you can't other, say it. I got you. Uh, it's just a whole code other, words. It's a whole other place. Code where they, you know, it's a different people. People they carry you in a rick. They carry you on their shoulders. Chariot in a chariot. Yeah, a chariot, <laughs> and they feed you chilled grapes, and they fan you and tell you how handsome. Chick Fil A sandwiches. Here you go. There you go. Tell Steve quickly before we get to the oh. box. Speaking of Chick Fil A, tell people about the time we were on the tram in Orlando. You are now approaching the B gates. What I did to a box of Chick Fil A. I think back in the day when we were traveling, I think it was Gate C had the Chick Fil A, and you obviously went ahead, or, or you were waiting for a bag. I think so. I said I'll go over to Chick Fil A. I'll grab the little burger breakfast bundles. Is that what they're called? I don't know, but they're the breakfast delicious. bites. The breakfast bites. You finished a 10 pack of breakfast bites before we got on the tram to go to the other gate. That's how fast you ate them. That's a true story. You ate them in like 250 yards, 10 of them, bread and chicken. It was disgusting. And I, I like wasn't in any competition. Yeah, like it's just, I, we've talked about this through the years with Rosillo on radio. I mean, just when I eat, it's, it's not uh, pretty, it's really, it's unpleasant. The whole yeah. thing, the whole thing is, I, th- I was going to say, I think I've gotten better. I haven't. I mean, I'm, this is what it is. I'm an adult and I eat like an animal. It's disgusting. Uh, but Chick-fil-A, shout out Chick-fil-A. Uh, Giannis at the drive-through the day oh. after winning the NBA championship, smashing a 50-piece. And the world is cynical. Everybody sits around and roots for people to fail so they can laugh at them, so they can heckle them. 
so they can talk about where the man in the arena failed, blah, blah, blah. But I think that today, as we talk on Wednesday, after the Bucks won game six and won the title, 105-98, I think even the most stingy, grinch-hearted people out there that had stuff to say about Giannis, I hope are happy for him because that guy's what's right about sports. That guy's what's good about sports. He plays his ass off. He stayed when he could have left. He put a team on his back, scored 50 of 105, and won a title. And seeing him on the on the Instagram Live with his brother who couldn't be there because of COVID, seeing him with a tear rolling down his cheek sitting on the bench, seeing him at Chick-fil-A a day after, just as happy as he could be trying to get 50 pieces of chicken. Good for that dude, man. I, that that guy's is that guy's what you want to root for in sports. I think in this day and age in the NBA, this is the closest thing you're going to get to genuine. And what I mean by that is, you know, to say what he said, he stayed and they freaking did it. And it's just, it doesn't happen. Uh, you know, what we've seen in the recent past, like, you know, Steph was drafted by the Warriors and won a title there. That was awesome. But I think this is much needed by this sport to see that these teams where your draft picks and you trusted them and they buy into you because you took a chance on them. They stay, they believe in the, in the people that are making the decisions and it happened and they did it and they thank themselves. And that's all they need to thank because they were the ones that did it. They took more from anybody. If you go back and look at the years, I mean, we did the documentation of, of his career, how bad they got beat early. I'm talking about before Toronto, uh, you know, they blew the two Oh lead and yeah. then obviously the bubble, but you know, they, they, you know, Bud said it. Those guys came in the room every day and, and went to work. And every guy talks about how hard Giannis works and everybody works harder because if they see how hard the best player works. And that's usually a pretty good recipe when your best player is your hardest worker. So no I couldn't be happier for them. I, uh, yeah. I do feel um, for anybody that's in the beer or liquor distribution process in the state of Wisconsin, because I got to imagine every place got drank out of everything last night. Yeah, they're aggressive up there on a, just a regular Tuesday. Um, yeah, f- forget the Bucks winning their first title in fifty years. Um, they, I'm sure they got after it, Whew. and they should have. And we had we had Mike Budenholzer on, and I asked him about that. About I think I think he in particular, and Giannis certainly. People frame you for what you've not done. They describe you based on what you haven't done. They don't acknowledge what you have done. And in his case, in Bud's case, people just want to talk about him like he's a like he's a bum, and it's just, and he didn't make adjustments. They changed what they did, they changed the approach, it changed uh, Phoenix's ability to get a lot of the things they wanted. Uh, and and Phoenix didn't make twenty threes in a game after they did in game two. Um, so there's a lot that goes into winning and losing, but so much of it is seen through the eyes of Giannis. Uh, two incredible plays that will be talked about and remembered for as long as the, the thing about the finals is like the Dr. J dunk where he windmills it. I mean, they still show it uh, to this day, Jordan, the up and left, which by the way, isn't even a great move in his he didn't need to do it. it. Well, it didn't need to do it. And in his, in his history, it's in his catalog of moves. It's, it's forgettable, except mm-hmm. it happened against magic and the Lakers in the finals. And so when you do things on that stage, they're remembered forever. Giannis's block of Aiton, Drew's strip of Booker, and alley-oop to Giannis will be replayed forever. You can't have a singular picture 
of Giannis scoring 50 in game six. But everyone will remember that that's what they did. And so Budenholzer, who got dismissed as a whatever, Giannis, who got called a regular season guy that you could figure out for the playoffs, all of that's done. And if Kevin Durant's sneakers are a half size smaller, they make a three and win, and who knows what happens. That's what we probably have a new coach. Probably. Probably. The way that that league is. Well, but and then and see, that's the thing about sports that that makes it makes all of what we do, all this conversation, it makes it worthwhile because it's so many things in the world just aren't that interesting. All right. Sports always are. Because of things like this, because of the subplots, because of the nuance, because of the fractional difference between who came out of that Nets Bucks series and then what the Bucks did with it once they, you know, earned it. That and I, I go, you and me were watching that game together, that game seven. Yeah. And the Bucks, I go back. This is like you, you forget about things. Like it's easy to think about NC State and, and how they won and. You know, Derek Wittenberg short and Lorenzo Charles against Houston. That's an all-timer. They should have lost to Pepperdine, you know? Mm. That was the game, first game they had no business winning. Um, go back and look at what the Bucks did in that fourth quarter in Brooklyn. They kept being down by five, and they kept answering, and they figured out a way. People were exhausted. <laughs> and somehow they survived. Three weeks to the day after Giannis's knee bends the wrong way, and he thinks he tore his ACL. He scores 54. 54- points i mean again all of this is what makes what we get to do what we're lucky enough to get to do so so interesting every single day uh the other side of it's phoenix and you know because chris paul's on the wrong end of it again i guess it means you're obligated to mention his team's record in series where they've had 2-0 leads as if it's his fault like he was supposed to stop Giannis from getting 50 last night i don't know um but it just it, it ignores the fact that he helped a team that had never been to the playoffs as a group get to the finals. You want to point out their path? Totally fair. Totally fair. Is it different if, if, if Anthony Davis is healthy? Maybe. Is it different if Kawhi is healthy? Maybe. You could probably say almost certainly. Um, but it wasn't. And yeah. that's, not how we, that's not how we deal with sports, man. You play who's in front of you. Phoenix got to the finals. They ended up, they ended up uh, two games short of a parade. And so... You want to have at the Chris Paul pinata, you can have at it. Swing away. Talk about all the things he's not. But then you're just you're guilty of doing the same thing you did to Budenholzer and, and Giannis um, before they before they got this title. Well said. Uh, I have a question for you if we're done on the NBA. I'm done. It's about Congrats swim. the Bucks. Go ahead. It's about, yeah, go Bucks. Yep. It's about swim life. Uh, here we go. You had your divisionals. Yes, we last did. night. Yep, we sure did. We're gearing up for our Saturday morning. What? What is? I mean, everybody talks about you know you go to the playoffs, different kind of atmosphere. You got to be ready to step your game up, and the surroundings I might be a little pre- different than regular season. What oh, is the difference between divisionals and regular season swim life here in the DMV? You have no idea what you're in for. None. None. Let's return to a previous episode of SV Pod where we told you about going over to the Washington Golf and Country Club over in Arlington, other side of the river. Mm. Incredible electronic scoreboards, incredible setup, patio overlooking the pool. 
I mean, it is it is real. Okay, they got like walkouts and everything there, bro. You don't. It's it might as they might as well have the Olympics there this this week. You might as well have the Olympics there. They've got they've got the starting blocks that are electronic. I mean, it is next level stuff. Well, I found out why. I'll get to that in a minute. Okay. So Lila made the divisionals mm-hmm. and the backstroke. And she, we've talked about this. She gets a little nervous. She gets this positive feedback. It's all been encouraging. We're very excited, very proud. She made it to the divisionals. That's a really cool thing. Hell yeah. But Wednesday, she was a Tuesday, rather, not so sure she wanted to do it. I said, Lila, you've already been in this pool. You swam, swam, swim, swam, swam, whatever. You you swam, swam in this pool. You remember it, right? It's it's cool. You're it's 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 just like that. It's just a regular swim meet. And the the clouds lifted. Oh, okay. So she believed me. Let me tell you something, Steve. It's not a regular swim meet. <laughs> there are five different swim teams represented. There's like a parade out. I swear to God, there were a thousand people there. It really? is might have been a hundred, but a hundred, a thousand, five, whatever it was, it was. A, it felt not, like a thousand. It was like the Coliseum. And I'm thinking my child is looking up going, my dad lied to me because it is a circus, man. And my wife's there. I'm on my way to try to make it before coming into work. Mm-hmm. And am I gonna, you know what? I'm going to tell this story because yeah, you are. I'm going to tell this. I want people to know the truth. Yeah. The Washington Golf and Country Club is it is a setup, okay? It's as we've established, it is formidable. All right, mm-hmm. there are cars everywhere. I'm there's nowhere to park. I'm in like a neighborhood. I'm just going to abandon my vehicle and sprint so that I can be there to just be present. I'm not going to be able to get close to my kid because it's just a scene. But I'm gonna I got to be there. She needs to know that her dad is there. And I'm truly, I'm in panic mode. Like I, I, it's like people don't want to see you in panic mode. You ever had a poop panic attack where you're like, I gotta go. It was like a poop panic attack. Only I didn't have to poop. I just had to find, it was a park panic attack and I had to find some place to park. And so I drive around and I drive around in the parking lot. Like there, it, there's no way to even get in. Cause there's cars blocking the entrance. And then I realized these people, they got valets for this thing. And my man starts giving Come me the on. windmill. Swear to God, the guy gives me the windmill and he's taking me over to the front of the club. We pull up at the front of the club. I do what you got to do. Because there's shout out to, the to the Wu-Tang. Cash rules everything around me. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. Went to the pocket. Peeled out a hundo, gave it to my man. I said, keep it right here. Keep it running. I'm going to be in for five minutes. And he said, yes, sir. <laughs> and I, I literally, I literally bribed the guy at the front. I walk in, get there. Lila swims and uh, finish second in her heat. And she's in the second heat. The faster heat's the first heat. So I think she finished top 10 overall. And I couldn't be prouder of my kid just because she she tried, she she achieved, she was proud of herself. And I go back to shout to Tom Dolan, Olympic champion, who we met there. And he's, you know, I told you that story in a, in a, in a previous pod. It was cool. He wasn't there, but we were texting back and forth. And 
you know, he had kind things to say about what that represents. Mostly it's just a memory because I shared a picture of my little girl and me. I given her a big kiss and I, I, I couldn't be prouder just because she tried and it was scary to her, but she tried. And let me tell you, if it was scary before, it would have been terrifying yesterday because it was a spectacle, my guy, a spectacle. And I found out after the fact that this, the reason this place is like this, they're a powerhouse. I don't, they haven't lost a swim meet in, in eight summers. They, they just, they don't lose. And I think they won again. I think they won the divisionals. I don't know where we finished and I don't mean any disrespect to the team, but I was worried about one little eight year old swimming the backstroke and uh, she came out of the pool smiling. It was so awesome. And my, my thanks to the people over there, particularly the guy that kept the car up front and, and did all right on that exchange. All right. To sum it up, when my daughter Lily asked me, what should we expect? And I tell her, I'm going to talk to Scott about it. I go home and say, honey, Scott says we don't have a chance. Well, sleep well. I, I no, no, no. I think you. I think. I think life's about packaging the message. Oh yeah. That seems like poor packaging. No, I. I think. I think. Come on, dude. We're dads. We know how to package things. Like not like this. You know. Just put. Just put Hoosiers on. Just put Hoosiers on for and let her know the pool is the same length. Like you know the blocks are the same. Yeah, should be good to go. Nah, dude, it, the whole scene, I, I couldn't, I, we'd been there. It was not the same. It was not the same place. That was a different venue last night. So I would just advise just lying to your child. Got it. <laughs> just that's the name. That'll be the name of our, our book. Lie to your child. Just lie. Just, just, and it's, it's fine. Just, and then that'll be it. Just, just lie to your child in parentheses. It's fine because it will be. You just have to give them a little bit of misinformation so that they don't get so freaked out. But I saw the scene and it would have freaked me out. My goodness. It was uh, I, an, an eye-opening summer for the two of us in the, in the uh, swim scene. So good luck to, uh, to Lily and the regionals. Um, that's coming this weekend? Saturday. Go get them. All right. She's swimming backstroke too, right? Yeah little personal record, personal best for, for our girl. Like you, you see how it's progress, right? That's all we need. Um, do we have time to slip in one last topic before we welcome in Colin Morikawa? I think so. I think there's just gotta be a sweet spot for how long podcasts go. And I don't, I never want this to go too long. No. Well then here's, this is quick, Texas yeah. and Oklahoma sec. I like it just cause it, it makes things more fun and it makes everybody just it makes the insane fan bases more insane and it's just a circuit it's just a what you're shaking your head you don't like it i hate it it's just another conference where not enough teams are going to play each other that sucks Ooh, that's true like but, but the, like who but, are you but like who <laughs> what teams has maryland played the least in, in, in football since playing playing in the big 10 the ones who aren't any good there you we, go we don't Maryland never got like when Illinois was terrible. We didn't get to play them when Purdue was garbage. We never got to play them. We got Wisconsin every year though. Thanks. Thanks. Big 10. Thanks, man. Awesome. That's what I'm saying. Hey, can we play Ohio state twice? No. Oh, okay. But we get all, we get all of them and then we never play the bad team from the West. See, look, it, the thing that happened, the, here's, here's what I know for a fact. Nothing stays the same. I'm proof. The team I root for is in the Big Ten, and which is just still will never make sense to me. Charter members of the ACC, now they're in the Big Ten. Scott, do you miss the ACC? Sure, I miss the one that I grew up with, Sail with the Pilot, the Bojangles window, the Doc Walker 12 o'clock 
Jefferson pilot game. I missed that. I don't miss a league full of a bunch of big East teams that aren't my conference rivals that I don't even, what are we talking about? But it doesn't matter what I miss because nothing stays the same. And we left because of money. And so Texas and Oklahoma will leave. If, if it's better, they'll leave. If it's better for sure. You just don't think Texas is, is worthy of all this fawning. Do you? Oh, I do. I, I think, I think very highly of Texas. Oh. I just, I don't need, I don't need those two teams in that league. They already, I, the, the league doesn't need them and they don't need the league. They're fine. The Big Twelve needs them because they're the exactly. tent. They're the they're the they're the they're the tent posts. So you take them out, and then it then it becomes just a buffet of the Big Ten and the ACC and everybody just trying to figure out who most fits with our profile. I look, I don't love any of that. I like I've lived through. I'm still I live with it the rest of my life in, in a league that just doesn't make any sense. Where you got to deal with all these people in the league going, well, we never should have taken Maryland and Rutgers. <laughs> you. We didn't ask to be in your league. You we asked want, us. We don't want you. You in asked our us. You asked us. Okay. You asked us. That's how that went. And we said, yeah, because we we're broke. It's the so, Pac 12's fault. They started this whole thing. When they when they used to be Pac 8. Uh, yeah, Look, you guys been, started this conference expansion, Steve. This has been going on forever. And everybody flirts with everybody in Texas and OU are, are they're certainly coveted. I'll just say this the 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 rebuttals by the powers that be at those various schools weren't exactly, no, we're not doing it. It was like, eh, what are you going to do? <laughs> do oh, you have you any comment that? on the on the rumors that Texas, that you might go to the, or Oklahoma, that you might go to the SEC? Ah, what do you know? We're just, everybody's having a good time. We'll see you all in this fall. <laughs> I mean, look, I don't know. Nobody's ever going anywhere until they leave. That, that much is a fact. We know this. So, so that was pretty much it. You, you punted on that topic. That's fine. I don't like it. See, we have to we have to address things we don't like in life. That's, a, that's I said. Well, my, and my reasoning is, you're gonna, it's just going to be another league where teams don't play each other enough. And that's that is. A, I don't honestly. I never really thought about that. But the round robin was what makes the basketball season the best because you need yeah. to play everybody. You need to play everybody twice. Yeah. But I mean, if you got 16, 18 wonky number of like people, you just no chance. There's no way mm-hmm. to play. Uh, you, you can't make it equitable. No. All right. Colin Morikawa was our guest in the fall after he won the PGA championship at Harding park last August. And now that was in his first PGA championship start now in his first open championship start, not the British open open championship start. He wins that 24 years old already halfway home to the grand slam, but that's not what we need to talk about. Vivid Seats wants you to get to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part, each transaction is a step towards a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code SVP. That's code SVP. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. And action. Pleased to welcome back to SVPod, the champion golfer of the year. Coolest title in the game, Colin Morikow. Congrats, man. Thanks for doing this. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me back. And uh, I, I actually got chills through my body when you said that. 
even yeah. though you know we obviously you don't have the, the perfect accent yeah. well i'm, uh, I'm gonna do nobody better at accents than scott you know that Kyle. <laughs> well, Come on. i got some imitations coming uh, about the claret jug but, but 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 wait we have an important matter to get to immediately because you were on with us after you won at harding park and my guy stanford steve was very interested to know what you've done with all your money we're not really pocket watchers but we like to live vicariously through others and our listeners pay very close attention. And so as you're in the middle of doing what you're doing on Sunday, people are firing in on Twitter like you got to have Colin back on. and We got to find out what the guy's buying. Here's what happened in the fall when Steve asked you what you'd bought with all the dough. There's not anything I want yet. Um, if I there's a number of wins this year, if I get okay. to that, I will buy myself something. I'm not going to tell you the amount of wins and I'm not going to tell you what. Oh, but if come we get on. there, you can't you do know. that. You can't, you have to give us at least an ink, no inkling. Is it a it's car? It's got four wheels. It's got four wheels. That's all okay. I'm going to say. All right. So two, two wins is not the number of wins I need to get to yet. <laughs> um, my, my guy, my guy, you won, you won more than $2 million last week. <laughs> you got that deposit today, right? No, I, I have not received a single cent yet. So we're Whoa. we're still waiting on we're still waiting on that money. Whoa, what's RNA? Sort your RNA. funds out. Like let's get the while, direct you know? deposit, man. What are we doing? We're on the <laughs> time change, time change and everything. So right. hold on a second. So am I to understand that you're they're not you're not giving us anything here? You haven't you haven't won enough, you don't have enough dough to buy. There's not a car in the world you can't get at this point. No, I and I and I get that. And I, I fully understand that, but it's just about finding that right one. And, and to be honest, if I'm going to live up to what I said, I have not hit the amount of wins I need to, to buy myself any car I want. Okay. Get to, get to work. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trust me. I'm trying. I mean, you would think a major would kind of like jump everything and, and triumph all that stuff that I, I put myself, but you know, I'll stick to it. A major major still just one win. You don't count it as two. I mean, I, I, I totally disisagree it's like dog years major may talk to your guy tiger about wins although he's got more than anybody uh, basically on either end so he kind of screws the math up I have some very specific golf things I can't help myself but I know Stanford Steve's got some things so I'm gonna I'm gonna step back and let let the big fella dive in here all right first off Colin no more than, there was two camps that were really going after you right there was two camps that got shut up by you this week there's the, I just want to know who sucks more, the people <laughs> that said you couldn't win a major with fans or the people that said you couldn't play golf, golf, uh, Lynx golf? Uh, you know, I think, I think the people that I, – I would say the people that didn't believe I can play in front of fans because Lynx golf, I, I get it. It's experience. It's something you need to figure out. It's a learning curve, right? It's, it's absolutely a learning curve. And that's why I went to the Scottish Open the week before to learn, you know, mm -hmm. to add, to try and figure out what I need to do. I made huge changes in my seven, eight and nine iron that I hit a million times last week and they paid off. Um, the people that believed, okay, you know, I, I couldn't play in front of fans. Those are the people that I don't care about, but they also didn't believe that I, it, everything was almost a fluke, right? It, it was yeah. just a sense of, I just got lucky at the right time. Um, but seeing fans, seeing those fans, especially some of the mm -hmm. best fans I've, I've seen. Um, I mean, I, I don't know what to say. You know, there's, there was a lot of people. <laughs> I, Good. I, I have to interject with one thing here, Steve, because the, the Lynx golf figuring it out bit, you've played two. Okay. 
You go to the Scottish you just Open. Just need a heavier putter. That's it. Well, there's, there's there's that evidently, but I mean, Scottish Open, not great. I get that you figure some things out, but it's pretty remarkable, Colin, that, that you're able to tweak. And, and when you say what, what, and I don't even know if our listeners or even me are going to understand, like when you tweak seven, eight, nine, iron, what is it? The loft? What did you, what did you do that, that so quickly changed, not really sharp to champion yeah. golf of the year? Yeah. So I, I actually changed the actual iron. Like I changed, I was using a tailor-made P730 blades. So, you know, guys use blades. The, the people like to call better players use blades. You know, that's what amateurs say. Mm-hmm. And then I went to a more forgiving P7MC. So it's a bigger face. It's a different sole on the bottom. And for me, it was just interaction through the ground. Okay. Like people that don't know golf, it's just simply, I was hitting it better with the new iron. And it was a risk I had to take because the week before I felt like I was playing so well, but I couldn't, I wasn't hitting, I was hitting such bad shots. Uh, nothing was going right, but everything felt good. So I had to figure out why, you know, it's, it's, it's a sense of you feel good, but you're playing awful. Like there's, there's a disconnection there. So you went and got like, you went like got amateur sticks. You got like Dick sporting goods and in, 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 in Glasgow. Hey, you got these, I'll give you a proper seven iron here, I mean, the more for it, but it works, right? I mean, it's a bit more forgiving. Exactly. No, hundred percent. You, you miss a little bit here and there and you get away with it. And um, who knows what kind of strategy that will kind of lead for uh, future tournaments. Colin, I want to go to Sunday. Um, what I admire you most is your composure and how you don't let anything out. And I just keep, you know, watching these guys, you know, Rom is a guy, you know, even Kepka sometimes will give you a little bit extra, you know, enthusiasm, something like that. But you are just nothing. You're, you're just right there. And I could just see how that can mess with these younger guys. I mean, you're one of the younger guys. But this composure thing is not used to. These guys are all fired up. They're big, they're big dudes, and they play fired up golf. You know, Rom's out there trying to snipe, come from behind, and he's got all the emotion in the world. And obviously, at the U.S. Open, we saw all that. But a freaking fart machine was going off on eighteen, <laughs> and you didn't budge. Like you knew exactly what was going on, didn't you? And you just were like, "I have to tee off here." I mean, I heard you know Louis was laughing with everybody. When did you realize what was going on, and how did you keep that in? Yeah. Uh, well, before I answer this question, I just have to point out that to, to everyone listening that you're wearing a hat that has a goat with tiger in it. Yep. And it's just, I, I think it's a dig at me going to Cal. Like, I, I get you love tiger, but no. I'm never going to show up on this podcast without Cal gear next time. Okay. Just, just, I'm going to throw that out there because I feel like this is always, this is always going to happen between us. Good. And you um, shouldn't, you should get, right. come in here and throw it down because you know, the big right. fella is going to definitely Do talk. They still sell shit. Cal yeah. gear. Exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they do. They do. How crazy is that? Um, you know, how do I, I think that's just me. You know, I, I feel that position when you're in that position. I just love being in those moments. You know, that you embrace those moments. You want to be in that position. And I take it to heart because that's what I love to do. I love trying to win, especially at a sport where you lose so many times. Those moments that you have a chance to win, you want to take advantage of it. It's an opportunity. Um, when you have a fart machine, I don't know who planted it there, which was unbelievable, um, happened, you know, you have to step back and you have to remember, I still have to hit four quality shots. And after talking to some people, some friends that they started etching my name in or whatever on like 17 fairway, like, man, that guy has some guts to start doing that because 18 is not an easy hole. Um, two shots is nice, but you seriously never know. But you know, that's just me. Just, I, I stay focused. I, 
with nine holes left, I know my head could have wandered a lot of different places. And I really just told myself, focus on each shot. How do you produce a good shot? How do you stay in the moment? And um, thankfully, we were able to, you know, hold it, hold everyone off with such a good leaderboard. With that being said, and you saying that's just you now that it's over, what's the maddest you were at yourself Saturday or Sunday? Um, it was, <laughs> so Saturday I started off, I think I was like two over through six, so mm-hmm. two over through five, five, um, man. on the second hole, I hit a pitching wedge. I had to chip out of the, or I had to hit out of the bunker and I thought I hit a good pitching wedge flew like 12, 15 yards too far, had no clue why. And then on five, I had a pretty good five wood off the tee. My caddy yells or my caddy says, Hey, great shot. And I'm like watching it, watching it, watching it bounces one hops in the left. I'm like barely on top of the bunker, have no stance possible. And I'm just thinking like, I I just started getting a little heated and Mm -hmm. like, I wasn't mad at him that he said that because it's not his fault that he caused the ball to, to jump into the bunker. Um, But it was just frustrating because I felt like I was playing well, but I was too over par. And, you know, in that sense, I, we flipped the switch on seven. I said, look, I'm sorry for lashing out at you. Like, let's just go on. And um, we were able to play really those last 30-something holes um, really solidly. Yeah, Two without things. a bogey. Without a bogey. Yeah, you just decided not to make any more. Um, <laughs> that right that. there, Stanford Steve, that is the Gary Williams approach. Hall of Fame basketball coach at Maryland, my guy Gary Williams. If you ever, ever, ever play golf with him, you will learn you're not to speak to his ball. If he hits it off the tee and it looks good and someone says good ball and it ends up in the rough, he will dog cuss you. And he's like, don't talk to my ball. And he is as serious as he could possibly be. I get that when you, when you start the way you did Saturday, because me and Steve and all my idiot friends are down at the beach at this uh, beach bar called the starboard. It's a yearly thing. We do play a part three event, have a Saturday breakfast. We watch the open and, it looks like you're going to fall off the first page and because Louie's doing what he's doing. The guys are making yep. moves and I'm always interested in this. You mentioned seven, but was there a single swing? Is there a drive? Is there a putt? Is there a really good iron shot that is like the video game where you find life and all of a sudden everything feels fine and calm again? Yeah, we will. Me and my caddy are. I cleared it up because he didn't do anything wrong. It was, it was all on me. So I cleared it up after six green, hit a, sh- a stripe to drive on seven, hit a great three wood into the green and two putted for birdie. And, and at that moment I knew, okay, this is where things could change. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of the momentum building stuff I needed. Went into eight. Um, I think I birdied eight as well. And then part nine and we just kept going and just fed off of that. And that's, Sometimes, you know, you, you search for those things and other times it just happens, you know, and one of those were one of the moments where I just forgot about what happened. Those first five holes moved on and just kept pushing. Playing with Louie has to, like your swings awfully good. And uh, I mean, the tempo is, is to be emulated for sure, but I watched Louie swing and I swear to God, I don't know how he, how he ever hits a bad ball. Like if, he, if, <laughs> if it's a yard <laughs> offline, I don't know what happened. And that's what made what happened Sunday. So interesting. Cause you guys are both at a position on six. You got up and down, right? And then seven's the par five where you've got to make birdie. And he clearly is going to make a maybe a big number because he finds the bunker. And is it's easy for us at home to go, well, that right there, that was it. Because you took the lead. 
And, and then you hit a great shot on eight. And it's easy to say that was the moment. I Maybe it wasn't. Maybe there was a different time Sunday where you thought in your head, maybe. I don't know. You tell me. Is there, when, when do you entertain the thoughts that, that this, this could happen? Seven was the flip of me and Louie. But that did not mean the tournament was over. There was way too many guys. For sure. Jordan was playing really well. Um, so, you know, it wasn't like a two-man race the entire day. No, no, no. So I'm it, not saying that. Was, I'm just but, – right. but, but at the same time, now you're – on. Yeah, there's these giant yellow leaders boards over there. Yes. And now you're on top of them. Yes. No, no, I agree. I, I, and I look at leaderboards. I, I want to know where I stand. I, every other sport knows where they stand while they play. I don't get why you wouldn't want to know. It, it just – it puts you in a position to – to see what you're going to do. Um, but yeah, you know, seven was the switch through nine. When I made the birdie on nine was huge, but then I, you know, the back nine, 10 was the biggest up and down I, I had to make. I agree. Guys were making birdie guys were making easy pars. Um, but when I made my, when I made the turn to 14 and I made that birdie putt up the hill, I knew that was huge. I knew that kept my two shot lead um, with four to play. Uh, and I really just had to keep moving the ball forward. 15 was the, the biggest <laughs> lifesaver of the tournament. Well, you just, it was like, you just wouldn't let you, you weren't out of position much, but when you were, you got up and down and I, that that's amazing to me. Just the, the ability. I mean, I'm hesitant to ever compare anybody to, to tiger, but I mean, it was like, you just decided you weren't going to make a bogey. It takes me back to pebble in 2000 when that became his goal. You didn't have a 15 shot lead, but <laughs> I mean, if you don't make, if you don't, if you don't mess up, they've got to come get you. I'm always interested when it's Rom roaring the way he's capable of. I imagine you look at the board and go, he doesn't have enough holes because he just didn't. He 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 kind of ran out of time. You know, I like how do you, how do you mentally handicap as you're looking at who you're dealing with trying to get to 18? Yeah, I think by the time I saw Rom really climb his way up there, it was almost too late. I think he only right. had like a hole left. You know, so he was, I think, a couple of groups ahead of me. And at that point, it was kind of like a, okay, I would have to go backwards in order for him to really have a chance. Exactly. I knew Louis was still in it. I knew Jordan was still in it. And I just had to keep my distance and keep hitting quality shots and make them do something. I still wanted to make birdies. But when I go back to earlier this year when I won a WGC, I was playing so well and I was hitting such quality shots that you, there, there was nothing to, to break in, in the game. You know, they couldn't break past what I was doing. And I think those up and downs kind of solidified that entire round was that by making those up and downs, I never gave a shot away. You know, when you, when you give a shot away, especially late in a day like that, I'm sure Jordan would have seen that and thought, okay, maybe he is going to take a couple steps back. This is where we take that extra step and, and see if we can make a birdie or two coming down. But um, yeah, those pars on 10 and 15 were massive. Now you've won two, you're 24 years old. Like, how do you make sense of that? I don't, to be honest, uh, I don't really look back at it as something like I'm okay with life on, on how it's going to go. You know, I, I just want more. And I, I tell everyone that I'm going to tell you that because I truly do. Um, they're so much fun and, and obviously they're, they're very life-changing, but, um, I am 24 and there's so much more I want to accomplish that when you win these two, uh, it just, it pushes you to want so many more. And, you know, sometimes, and I'm, I'm very thankful to have gotten that first one out of the way. And now I've gotten the second one. Like it's, I know I can do it. Um, 
it's just finding everything that one week. I mean, this is the game. This is the sport we play. Like it's, you get four days on any given week or your four weeks a year to try and win a major. I mean, it's, it's crazy, but some guys are able to bring it. You look at a guy like Brooks, Louie, um, Ron this year, you know, it's, it's, it's possible. But now we know that it's not enough to tell us what you're buying. Cause you haven't won enough yet. Right. Yeah. That's we haven't, what, we haven't gotten there yet. So that's yeah. obviously an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned you had a burger every day over there. How bad <laughs> is the food situation over there? Seriously, Horrendous. Scott Horrendous. talks about it all the time. Like Horrendous. I've never Tell been the over truth. there. How bad is it? So bad. Tell the truth. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. I, I love my and it's I was very lucky. I stayed at this golf course called the Princess, which was right next door. Um, and they had a great staff and the food is the burger is fine. You know, I, the meat's very different out there. Like it's just not the same quality that you're used to. Like you don't um, even know what it is. Let's be honest. And there's a weird kind of flavor. It's yes, not. I, there, I know what you're talking about. I know the texture's kind of yes, right, yes. and you tell yourself it's a burger, but in your mind, you're like, "Who even knows what I'm eating? <laughs> Who even knows? You don't." Right, and they, right? No, no, and you don't. And they and they put they they put they added bacon on there, and the bacon's not you know actually bacon that we're used to. And it's fat. Um, it's a big hunk yeah, of like, fat. I did. I wasn't willing to to go outside the boundaries of trying anything else on the menu, and I just got stuck into having a burger four nights in a row and um it worked but i never do that but yes the food uh they've got a lot of work to do i think to to catch up to like remotely anywhere close to the u.s here's 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 a piece of advice from from your old your old pal scott who has been over there to pretty much i've i've been i was at royal st george's a couple times it was way harder by the way how about the california weather they dialed up for you not bad I mean, the two weeks I was there in Scotland and England, I mean, fantastic. Let me tell you what, it, it'll never be that good for the rest. Of, you'll go there for another 30 <laughs> years. It'll never be like that again. So you, you, it worked out great. But here's the key. In most every town where you'll go, there is, they call it takeaway there. And it, it's this weird combination of like pizza, shish kebab, and yep. don't, don't go there. I was almost going to do that the first night. No, (laughs) it's fishing. It's fish and chips, pizza and kebabs. It's like a it's like a bad buffet under one roof. You can't do that. You find a place and it's almost always run by an Indian guy, but it's Italian food. So there's an Italian it's, it's in Scotland, an Indian guy that runs an Italian place and the food is brilliant and you become friendly with the people and they kind of get. Maybe they have ice 50-50 and they'll look after you. <laughs> they love their they love their lukewarm water and uh oh, yeah, they oh. they're all about that. No trash cans anywhere. It's um, the worst. Yet it's still very clean. I mean, we we have trash cans everywhere in the US <laughs> and it is just wild and out there like I can't find a trash can to save my life. How great are those fans though? Some of the best I've ever seen. And and you know, I, I haven't played in and obviously I haven't played in front of a ton of fans in my life. Um, but, but they are amazing. I mean, they cheer for you. They cheer for you walking up tees. They understand golf, right? No and doubt. that is what's amazing because you hit a good shot out of the rough. They love it. They cheer for you. Um, but they definitely weren't cheering for me as much as they were cheering for Louie. Yeah, but they love their open champions. And now you're one of them. And right? then you and, said and, British and- Open. Uh, yeah, I that. caught myself. Time out. I caught myself. I think if we rewind 
after that I said open champion. So I know you did. I know. You I, I I it's a bit, it's a bit I, too I, late. It's a bit too late, yeah. isn't it, Colin? It's a bit too late, isn't it? You're a proper. Yeah, you know what? It's a bit too I, late. Some people call it the British Open. Come on. Uh, not, hey, really. Yeah. not really. Not no. really. Okay. You're the champion player. Who cares? <laughs> hey. The champion golfer, Steve, of the year. And then my favorite part, everyone's seen the picture. I'd like to guess at least 75% of our listeners, probably more, because Atlanta, the Atlanta airport is, Hartsfield-Jackson is enormous. Everyone's been there. And we've all been there on those little trains, and it's, you're now approaching the B-Gates. Next stop, baggage claim. But we've got a backpack or a, you know, a travel bag or whatever. You have the most coveted piece of hardware in the sport, the Claret Jug, and a little carry case that you're dragging along with you. And it reminded me of, Hideki was at, I think, O'Hare with the green jacket yep. draped, draped over one of the rows of chairs. And I'm like, what a power move that is. What is it like to be wandering through an airport that's one of the most populated airports in the world, knowing what you're dragging behind you in that carry case? Yeah, um, I don't know. I love it. I mean, it fit perfectly in the overhead. I mean, just absolutely perfectly. I mean, any inch bigger, it would not have fit in that upper overhead bin. Um, but it's great because people know what it is other than, you know, when you go through customs and you grab sure. your baggage and then they have some security guys that look, and if you look a little suspicious, they kind of ask you like, what do you have? What do you bring in? My caddy was carrying the, the Claire jug and on top of his suitcase rolling it. Guy comes up to him, ask him, what is that? Drugs. He's like declared, he says, <laughs> right. He's, <laughs> it's drugs it's it's lots of drugs drug. i got them got them yeah, got them in scotland exactly. please op open it party, up party drugs. Jug, looks at him just absolutely confused he's like so what's in the case and then he says oh it's the trophy that you win from the open championship and he's like okay what is that and he's got three other four other security guys right behind him like laughing because they obviously know what's going on this dude has zero clue what's in the what's in the trophy and then he's just like so so what what is it and i'm just like dude i want to i want a tournament it's a trophy and he's like okay so he walks away and like but it was just the weirdest thing because i think everyone else on the flight knew what that was you get stopped by a zillion people in the airport selfies the whole bit not too much no we were there's a bunch of golfers on our flight and we kind of I, I hopped on a private flight after. So everyone that's all about this commercial stuff and private, like calm down. Like I'm a normal person. I, I fly commercial quite a bit. Um, that's, that's about to change but, young man. But because yeah. You, you <laughs> well, need no, to I get just, off the plane where they bring the little piece of carpet out of the tarmac and they bring your car around. You, yeah. You know, you know, it is nice. It is nice. I split my time. I, I I'm, I'm smart about where I fly private and where I try and fly commercial. Because that's, but that's yeah, a, you know, it wasn't, that, it wasn't too bad. There was that's a that's a big number. It has to be a big number back. You try to fly private, you need a plane that I can't even imagine what it is or what it would like. You you you'd break even on the trip if you tried to fly <laughs> right. back from, from Heath from Heath from Heathrow or from London to Vegas. That's a long trip. I mean, you split it halfway and you go to Florida, where, where a lot of guys live. Yeah. Understand it, seven hours, but that's a that's like a 15, 16 hour trip. I got one more. Uh, I just need to know how many birthday beers your caddy drank out of the jug. <laughs> we didn't drink. I think we filled it up that night, maybe, maybe like five, five or so times. I mean, it only fills okay. like a pint and a half, apparently. Um, apparently. So we what does that mean? 
You well, obviously I mean, did they're, it. They were fill, we were filling it off. We were filling it up off the tap. And, nice. Um, nice. I mean, that's that's what they. That's what the guy, the the bartender, like judged roughly about a pint and a half. So, Sweet. um, so yeah, we weren't we weren't on the ground, you know, after the win. Um, but we had some drinks. I mean, what a great 39th birthday for him. Oh, can't and now you're going to get on a plane and head to the Olympics. Yes, I, I, I total four days at home, four full days at home, and then we're off. And I started my uh, nasal swab tests already. We, I'm going to do them for the next week and a half, and uh, hopefully test negative every day. I, I I trust you will. I hope you do. And I lied and said this would be a couple of minutes. It never is because you're you're too entertaining. And I thank you for indulging our questions. Uh, it was. It's really fun to watch you play and uh, and to see you, you know, doing what you're capable of and to do it so quickly and to handle it all like my guy, Andy North. So I think I told you this. He told me in all his time he's never met a more polished, more buttoned up professional at this stage of the career than you. And, you know, Andy, he's as good a guy as there is. So that's a high compliment. And uh, I echo that. So well done, well played and get to the Olympics and back safely. And when you've won enough to buy whatever the hell it is you're going to buy, just just let me know. <laughs> Okay. All right. All right. We'll continue this. I mean, hopefully there's a few more wins in the season. And, uh, yeah, get, get, yeah. Get some cow gear the next time you come on and don't take any crap yeah. from the big boy. All right. Yeah. All right, no, and you I'm can wear your gold I'm medal. Sorry. Go get that gold. All right. Yeah, I will. I will. All right. All right. Thanks guys. Appreciate it. I can't believe I forgot to mention this to him, but this is embarrassing. I'm just going to tell you. So I send him a text after he's playing well, because we're playing the, this, our annual par three tournament down at the midway par three in Lewis, Delaware. And I told him I was going to channel his swing. You know, the tempo yeah. and, um, you know, slow and smooth. Right. And what I didn't know was that I needed to channel his putting stroke because he wasn't a great, wasn't a great putter statistically prior to the open, right? Like 120 something. Then he goes to Royal St. George's was the number one putter. And mm -hmm. I should have channeled his putting stroke because unlike Colin, I did not win. Um, most important event of the year. Congratulations to Pat Castle, the uh, yeah, midway big one three champion. That was a big one. Um, I know he, yeah, I know he's drinking out of that jug. Yeah, and <laughs> I don't know how many beers fit in it, but Pat had them all, and then said, "Fill her up," and did it again. Uh, we're old, but once a week we can we can we can give it a go. Uh, all right, here's the th here's what you guys need to know. We're going away for a while but like not a way away we're not going to just be off the grid entirely we'll be we'll be popping up here and there uh throughout the remainder of summer leading into uh football when we're back on a weekly fantasy basis. football season yeah we'll do some of that we'll definitely have an we'll definitely have a draft pod mm -hmm. some guests percolate we gotta just figure out some schedules and we'll sort that out uh but we will be back at some point in the meantime TBA. yeah tbd we'll we'll fire up we'll send out signal. the bat signal yeah. yeah you know where to find us yeah. um until then, you guys be good, and um, we'll see you all on the other side.